Well, good afternoon to all our blessed and stretched listeners across the podcast world today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, become a phrase that's been known uh, a bit that we uh, learned about in church a couple weeks ago from Pastor Gary, and now it's become a favorite phrase for a few of us in the church, blessed and stretched. And we even have matching t-shirts on we, Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, Shelly Dale, she's been getting into printing uh, t-shirts, and so yeah. she's like, oh, we got to do that. It'd be yeah. a lot of fun to Yeah, it was great. We had like up. six people wearing those on the first row in, uh, over there on stage. Right. I'm surprised we got away with it. I'm yeah. surprised we did it without letting you know that we were going to do it, because yeah. I can't keep a secret. No, nothing. I had no clue. No idea. That's awesome. Yeah, and I know that everybody was so excited about doing it, and then we told them, make sure you wear something over it you know, until that time comes. And uh, everybody did. Yeah. I was really surprised. Yeah, it was good. I uh, yeah, I'm surprising myself because normally I don't keep a secret. Yep, you normally were, like ready to tell everybody everything. Yeah, you were uh, taken off the CIA um, job list right away. Yeah, right. They're like, nope, nope, nope. Well, you know, and uh, Santa, I would not be a good good candidate for Santa <laughs> because I'd be like, we're gonna have Christmas right now. Not, uh-huh. we're gonna wait till the Christmas on December 25th. We're gonna do it now. Yep. Um, okay, so thank you for being here. We're so thrilled to have you and uh, that you decided to join us for another week of podcast. Uh, we try to take a look at faith, family at Harbor Light, um, and uh, we get a slightly warped view sometimes when we look at some things. But, you know, all in all, we try our best to uh, make it through uh, the information that we think you, we know that you would want to talk about or hear about, and we have a good time doing it. But we're also open for you to let us know what kind of things. Today, actually, we're going to be doing that. I had a number of people come up after the service and say, hey, can you talk about this? I want to know more about this. And they they said, please talk about it on the podcast. So it's getting out there. It's effective. People are listening. It's kind of like the listener's grab bag, right? Yeah. We're going to pull some mail out of the grab bag and look at it, Uh even though it happened on Sunday. You know, this is technology. Yeah. Well, um, I'm uh, having a pretty good week. Uh, Summertime has finally happened a little bit. Mm-hmm. Got a little taste of it, but it didn't come around and stay very long because as soon as we had like a 90 degree day, we dropped down to 40 uh-huh. and then, and we had a frost last night. We had a frost last night. I know. I, you know, the funny thing was <laughs> I kept hearing everybody, you know, I'm thinking about, I don't want to be cold. And all I keep hearing in conversation is my tomato plants are going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone was, everyone who doesn't follow the Northern Michigan rule, do not plant until June first, it is yeah. it is a rule. Yeah, and every year people violate the rule, and then they have to run out. They take all their bed sheets off their beds, and they go out and cover their tomato plants with these bed sheets. Yep, and it's all always happening. At this if time they of the would year. just listen to the, the rule. rule, yeah, it's a rule. This is it's probably one of those things called a farmer's almanac, right? Yeah, uh, it it is, and um, I think it's just a northern Michigan thing. I yeah. don't care. I don't care how long it's been warm. Yeah, it's going to freeze at least one time before June first. Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Every year. Yeah, well, and it, I don't last, see that's Last how, year, Alex, we yeah. bought tomato plants twice. Did you really? We did. We, Even after the fro- June 1st thing? We froze them. No, we got a little excited, stuck with them. <laughs> broke the rule, put them in the ground. Oh, Everything was looking great, and they froze oh, solid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you do get a little excited when you feel that it first is. warm day. When we go from snowing, literally three weeks ago, snowing, yeah, yeah. and then you have 93 degrees, yeah, we all get excited. Yeah, you kind of lose it's your like, mind It's like, it's here, bit. it's yeah. here. <laughs> it's not here for good. I know uh, poor people that have packed all their winter clothes away that only have summer clothes now are freezing to death mm-hmm. as they're trying to uh, stay warm during this whole thing. This is the funniest thing. Whenever you try to travel in the winter time from northern Michigan yeah. and you're going somewhere warm, yeah. you don't have any warm clothes. Right, it's yeah. Like, 
well, all I have is this parka. What yeah. I'm, you know, and 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 <laughs> you pack. Yeah. And there's all you have are sweaters, full length. That's it. Jeans. Yep. Under Armour, under underwear. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, long underwear, all that kind of stuff. That's all you have to to select from. Battery operated T-shirts that keep you warm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, I got one of those. I know year. you do. I'm, I'm like, I love that thing. I'm thinking about getting myself the one. Battery yeah. vest. Battery Great. vest. You know, I've seen battery socks. Those kind of things. I, I don't know. I would I would definitely look into something like that, especially living up here. But, you know, you're right. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Mullet Lake was frozen over. Uh-huh. And now you don't even know it's there. water and boats like, out yeah. on it. Yeah, boats are being put back out in the docks. Docks are being put out. I mean, it's just crazy. And, and then we get the cold, and I'm like, do I turn the heat on or don't I turn the heat on? You know, like trying to decide, like, should I do that? I, I, we're staying on the campgrounds, and so we had the camper uh, heater going last night. But, oh, okay. Uh, even the dogs are, like, barreling in, you know, <laughs> trying to find ways to get into the covers, you know. But I'm like, what happened? What mm-hmm. happened to this weather? So we are getting started. That means uh, for all of us in Harbor Lake Church, the fudgies are coming back. Love and it. Uh, love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Fudge uh, makes the world go round up here. I know. I love it, and I don't love it because as soon as the – population changes so much it's like oh you can't get into a restaurant you can't get to the gas station you takes can't, you 45 minutes oh, to drive across yeah. town it's like living in traverse city all of a sudden just for the summer yeah you know that's places getting really busy okay i don't even go down there anymore if i don't mm. have to mm. traverse city's way is too too citified for me okay <laughs> i'd rather stay up here <laughs> in petoskey harbor springs area because it's too too many people but petoskey's growing emmett county's growing I know, I know. It's this times are changing, and uh, you know I'm just becoming a grumpy old man. Apparently, um, well, we've got some uh, Harborite news, fake news, I guess we'd say that's coming up here, and so we're going to take a news break here. Coming up right now. Harborlight News. All right, from the Babylon Bee, we have uh, it's a fake news blog. So don't don't write me email saying, "Well, that didn't come true. That didn't happen." It's because it's fake. It's it's uh, satirical. It's just to be fun. But we tend to find a little bit of truth in everything that we share because even though it is fake in a sense, there's a lot of truth to be had there. Um, but in fake news, I don't know if you know this, Pastor Gary, but Boomer's iPhones. Their font sizes are getting a lot bigger. Okay, so yeah. they can see the screen. So they can better. see better. Yeah, yep. nice. I was just having a discussion with uh, Steve Bucci the other day, uh-huh. and uh, we said that there's now we have the iPhone for the old man. Okay, for the old man iPhone because it's one of the larger iPhones, so you can make the font get bigger. You can see it better. Okay, but apparently um, iPhones are creating the font so large now that you can actually see them from space. Oh really? It's what yeah, it's what's coming out. Yeah. So the font size is getting so big you can actually see what we're talking about. I gotta tell texting. you a funny story. Yeah. So I um, my mentor, Pastor Dwayne from uh, Res Life down in Granville. Yeah. Uh one time he came up and he's like, Hey, I decided to switch my message. Um and I had my secretary send uh, my new notes. Would you go print them? And I'm like, sure, no problem. So I went I took the file across the street, threw it down on the printer, pushed the button. I'm telling you it was a hundred pages and it was like one word per page. That's how big the font was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was the, it had to be 48 point uh, font on, on that thing. So it was crazy. I, it was like you get one Bible verse per page. 
<laughs> you got the and then the next <laughs> little word, yeah. I know I've I've done that too. I mean, like when I first started preaching, I'm notes preacher. I started out with uh, size ten, then I moved to twelve. Yep. And now I can't do anything lower than sixteen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Anything lower than sixteen is too much for me. And then are I you usually, wearing bifocals? I, I I do have bifocals, but these are just readers. Okay. Yeah. I'm on full on bifocals. Yeah. I had bi- I had bifocals, but the problem I have is that every time I use them, I get really you like do that head, yeah you yeah. do that chicken thing where your head up and down yeah and down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're trying to and in one minute it's it's right there you can see it and next minute you're like where'd it go yep yeah I just uh, so I just got some readers already because I was like I can't deal with it anymore okay uh, yeah so that that. that that does happen. I, I think uh, as you get older, your eyes are just not working like they used to. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, well, so the font sizes are getting big. Thank you, Apple, for making that happen. Um, but then I also uh, found that the things that have become worth more than the U.S. dollar report wow. came out. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so this is something for you to kind of gauge, you know, where you're at financially and so you can prepare for the future because, you know, things have, uh, you know, gotten stronger in the in the market around the world against the dollar so this Which is, means the dollar is getting weaker the dollar the dollar is getting weaker right and so these things now you can use as currency okay so, yeah okay so let me give them to you so these things are worth more than the u.s dollar. worth more than the u.s dollar okay yeah. so now uh the first thing that they have on the list that is top the list is your beanie baby collection Really? Yeah, you remember those? I do remember those. Yeah. I mean, well, they used to have them at McDonald's with the different flags on the stomachs, and then okay, I've seen them all different kinds. Like, Yeah, Harbor yeah. Light, we did a couple of uh, fundraiser auctions, and we auctioned off Beanie Babies. That really? Was like, that was the hot thing. I remember we were we were spending big money on those things. Yeah, well, yeah, people were. Yeah. And then they would then they would uh, do swap meets and trades and stuff right, and right. trying to get ones they didn't have. Go to the Beanie Baby, you know. Convention center. Right, yeah. yeah. I wonder where all those are now. I don't know. I haven't seen one well, in a long time. it's worth more than a dollar. It's worth more than a dollar, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, those little adorable guys, you can uh, cash them in now. Uh, you could probably cash them in enough of them to afford a trip outside the city limits under the new gas prices. So, yeah. I mean. $4.60 here in Petoskey. <laughs> Gotta love that. You Cost know, me $87 to fill up really? my little car. Oh, my gosh. I know. I was at 65 yeah, and I was pr- I was crying at that point. I was like, okay. "This is too much." Uh, I talked to the the guy that runs the gas station I go to. Uh-huh. He said that he got an email that the gas company he works for is saying that they're going to go up to about five twenty a gallon before the end of the summer, and that emails to prepare them so that they would have to ha- so they could have do it. you know like barricades up right yeah, yeah because people are going to be people revolting be- against that. <laughs> yeah, be- thanks for the warning. Yeah, okay, but I'm like five twenty a gallon. I can't even imagine that. That's just too expensive. So, yeah, collect those Beanie Babies, get them together, and okay. we're going to sell those and uh, make some extra money. Uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of this before. You remember the show Office? Yeah, The Office. Yeah. Loved it. Well, there's a thing on there called Shroot Bucks. Shroot Bucks, yeah. Yeah, Shroot Bucks. He would give them to all of his employees right. when he was running the whole thing, and yep. you could use them to cash Do them something in for good, nothing. something you get 30, 30 Shroot Bucks. That's right, yeah. Okay. Well, now they're worth $10,000 on the market. Really? Yeah, a Shroot Buck... It's worth $10,000. Okay. So that's pretty good. So, Or uh, they actually do do equivalents of that. So it's $10,000, 12 unicorns, or three leprechauns, depending on your, your okay. preference. So okay. you got all those. The uh, other thing that is actually worth more than the U.S. dollar, which I thought would never happen, but as a kid, I can see why it would happen. Mm-hmm. Because when I would use them, it made perfect sense to me in my world. Right. But uh, you know those things that you, you play at Chuck E. Cheese's Keep Ball? Yeah. 
You know, and you get those strings of tickets as you're making the points. Yeah, yeah, love that. Those are worth more than the U.S. dollar right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. So if you've held on to those, you haven't traded them in for... You've been waiting and yeah. accruing because you know it was going to take 10,000 of those yep. to get the little plastic <laughs> army man <laughs> yeah, like, I know. with the parachute on his back that's made uh, out of cellophane. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you remember playing that and you're like, you get like... It seemed like thousands of those little yeah, tickets. Yeah, there's all you can see is your head sticking yeah. out because there's a whole pile of them around you. And then you go up there and you're like, uh, "Yeah, you can get a piece of gum." Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like what? That's exactly the U.S. dollar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You take a dollar in now. I win it. This is no joke. I went yeah. in and get a twenty ounce soda for my wife, and it's like, yeah, that'll be two dollars and twenty five cents. It's a twenty ounce. Yeah, I know. I, well, my bang, my yeah. addiction of choice, stuff? my addiction of choice started out at two ten a, uh, a can. Yep. How many and, ounces is this thing? Uh, it should be twenty ounces, right? Sixteen. Sixteen. You don't even realize it. They're, they've made the package smaller and charging you more. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, though, now this is almost three dollars. Three dollars. Yeah. From well, last year when I started my addiction with bang. Uh huh. So I don't know. It's like you know, I might, I might just give it up. I think people are going to be giving up a lot of things when we're going to see gas at 520. Oh, yeah. At 520, you know, right now, I was telling uh, uh, Ted this morning, I said, I am so thankful that I'm living at the campground right now because imagine driving every day, you know, even though it's 25 minutes away from work, which a lot of people commute that anyways, uh, at the current gas prices, I'd be broke. My paycheck, my entire paycheck would have to go to just gas. Right. Yeah. I'm like, that is ridiculous. You know, um, I can remember back, you know, 1999, 2000, when we you know, had the big Y2K scare. You know, the price of gas went up to 435 was the most I remember paying at that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, supply and demand and the scarcity and all that kind of stuff. So um, I remember having to coordinate, okay, we're going to go to town and we're going to go over here and we're going to go over here and go over here and go over here. Yep. You know, you're just consolidating all your trips down to the most important things. Yeah. And I think I'm feeling that again. Here yeah. we are 20, 22 years later, and I'm, we're right back in the same exact spot where we're consolidating trips and don't go there unless it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And um, here, hand it off to somebody else and they can deliver it for you. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah we did that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, I'm with hey, you. Hey, you're going to town? Yeah. Can you take this to... Can you take this and drop this off for us? Save me some gas, yeah, you know. Exactly. Well, because, you know, if you think about you're driving around, and whereas before under uh, the other administration where, you know, gas prices were uh, not even $2. Right. I mean, you, you know, you could, you could have the, the luxury of driving around and, and you know, taking People your went time. for Sunday yeah. drives just to drive around right. and waste gas. Not happening now. No. And, and, you know, the thing is, is like you said, you have to make a plan. My wife and I have done the exact same thing. Like we're, you know, we're talking about, well, should we go do this? Or maybe we can just wait till tomorrow when we can double it onto something else. I'm like, we never had to worry about that before. You know, before we never really cared. You know, you just go do it and come back. Not now. Nope. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Well, we had a little bit of levity uh, through the week. That was nice. Uh, the Music Man uh play happened here at uh, Harbor Light through the school and uh it was a lot of fun. I heard that it was great. Yeah, I was um, Amy went with me once and then apparently she snuck in the back door to wait, watch it again. Okay. But apparently uh Donna Parr said it's okay if she came in, but I said you can't just come in and go watch a show you don't have a ticket for. It. She's like I was I was just hanging out. Haven't you ever done that, Alex? Go do a double feature and then, you know, just hide under the seats yeah. until they start the next one. I've thought about that. 
you know, I'll tell you, I've done it more than one time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was always a big chicken. That's the thing. I mean, I think that's the thing that saved me from getting in too much trouble. Okay. Because I was a big chicken. All right. I, well, and I didn't want to go too far. Yeah. That's a good thing. So I would be the one like, we got to go. The movie's over. Let's go. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the Music Man was great. Now, I want to say that in the Music Man, um, there's a couple of kids that had to do a couple scenes that I was like, as a, as a father... And as a person watching, I was like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Jack and Rosemary from high school, okay, uh, from our high school here, they had a kissing scene where they had to give a big on smooch. And the way they did it, you don't know if it actually happened or not. And it, it happened twice, once, and then another part where Jack takes off his hat and puts it over his face. Okay. I'm like, so my big thing through the week has been trying to find out was Whether, that real? Did that happen? Did that really happen? Okay. And they're not letting me know. They're not giving any information out. Nobody even in the cast that was behind them that could have seen what was happening. Nobody's saying anything. But I said, you know, the only other way I could have, you know, I could have told that it happened is if I see lipstick, you know, on, on you somewhere. On Jack's face. And and Rosemary said, well, I didn't wear lipstick. Uh, so I'm like, oh, this is good. So I don't know. There's a lot of that. But the play was amazing. Um, you know, there are people that I didn't know could dance, danced. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm watching some of these kids, and I'm like, there's no way. And then they do it. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. These kids were just blowing me off, uh, blowing my mind. I was just like, I cannot believe how awesome this whole thing turned out. And uh, so they're getting ready to work on the next one. But, uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to come see these dramas at, at uh, Harbor Light School, I encourage you to do it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. They do a great job. They yeah. do a really great job. Well, we're going to take a commercial break and get into our uh, newest uh, sponsor, McDonald's. Come families ye of all shapes and sizes. Come mothers, come fathers in search of surprises. Come little ones too with your eyes full of wonder. Our store is here and it's yours for the plunder. No knives or forks, just good food in hand. Food that is grown, picked, and born of our land. When you pass through our doors in your own special way, we hope that McDonald's will help make your day. Well, thanks a lot, James. Good for your sponsorship on behalf of your store. Uh, We just can't believe that we have McDonald's sponsoring our podcast. We're big time. We're big time. We're taking it to the next level. Well, we are going to uh, look at uh, some of the things that uh, we talked about on Sunday. Uh, last Sunday, forgiveness was the topic uh, of the message taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, which says, instead, the, uh, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And uh, I, I think that kind of sums up basically what uh, Pastor Gary began to start getting into. And, of course, he broke it down to different lessons and, and ideas that we need to look into. But the, the reality is if if we can't uh, talk well about forgiveness in the midst of, you know, the messy ideas of reality, uh, the messy realities of life, uh, you know, we're not going to be really good ambassadors of the gospel. And so forgiveness is a, a needed subject to talk about. It's something that we need to to deal with in our Christian journey. And uh, we're going to get into that in just a minute, but we're going to take another uh, quick break with a sponsor. This just isn't your day. A family of raccoons decide to make your new car their home. The seats are trashed, and angry squirrels finish your job by throwing acorns at your nice paint job because you put out a new bird feeder. 
maybe it's time to find an insurance company that cares about your life's war on your peace of mind. Call Wilson Insurance to talk about protection today. 1-844-975-4974. All right, we're back. Oh my gosh, you did great on that. Isn't that funny? That's awesome. (laughs) That's way better than that funeral music we were playing before. That was Eric Clapton. You know, we we still owe him uh, royalty rights on that, so... You mean the original stuff? Yeah, the original one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this thing, that's rocking. That's awesome. That'll wake you up. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to add to that. We can come up with some more scenarios. Yeah, right. We can have boat accidents and, you know, seagulls and, yeah, we can come up with some good stuff. That's a great idea. Be told. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, by the time we're done, man, all of nature's at war we're with gonna, us. Yeah, yeah, we're going to come up with a whole bunch of great <laughs> scenarios and end times. Yeah, end times. <laughs> end if, time you, stuff if you're right getting there. ready to go into the hey, end times, you, you need Wilson. You, <laughs> if you're not a pre-tripper, you're going to need insurance. That's right. <laughs> so there we go. That would be a whole other rider. <laughs> end time insurance from there Wilson you, Insurance. There you go. Oh yeah. my! Oh my goodness. We've just stumbled onto something great. I think great. we could sell a lot of policies that way. That is awesome. Yeah. If you, okay. if you, yeah, if you're getting ready to go in the, if you're in you the fifth water. seal, <laughs> fifth, you know, fifth seal coverage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. We, yeah, we cover your, we cover your house, we cover your car and, uh, yeah, we just help you get, make it through the apocalypse safely. That is fantastic. Yeah, that'd be work. That we're work on really. it. Yeah. We, we are it. on it. We could do it. Um, so we're getting into this idea of forgiveness and, uh, Pastor Gary, uh, you gave us a lot to think about on Sunday. I got to tell you, I was so fired up, so stoked for this particular message because, um, it doesn't matter if you're a seasoned Christian or just someone just getting started. Um, this is an issue we all continue to deal with because we live in a broken, fallen world. And so we're going to have offenses that we're going to come towards us and we are going to have to deal with those. And so, um, many of us, um, are dealing with that. Uh, on a on a weekly basis, yeah. and uh, we need these lessons to be deeply embedded in our approach to people in life. Yeah, I think uh, you're totally right. I mean, there are a lot of things that uh, happen within the Christian experience, but one of the things that we don't tend to like to work on is this issue of forgiving and moving on and uh, letting God begin to, to work in us that way. But as uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 tells us, I mean, it's pretty obvious that that's one of the basic foundations of, of living in the kingdom of God is that we forgive one another because Christ forgave us first. He was the first example of what forgiveness should look like. And if he was willing to be on that cross and forgive all the things that he had to see and deal with in his heart, he knew what was going to happen. Um, why can't we begin to be a people of forgiveness? Now, Pastor Gary, I know you're going to get into some more stuff, but I, I wanted to kind of give some things about what forgiveness is not, because I know somebody okay. was talking about that on Sunday, and there are some questions about it. Um, and we don't want to uh, come off as though uh, forgiveness in Scripture is calling you to be a, a doormat for uh, people's issues. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, God still respects us as people and, and expects us to uh, be— um, aware and safe as far as how we deal with these situations. But, you know, one of the things is that forgiveness is not pretending that we're not hurt. Um, you know, I, I know that song, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, it says in there, though there is pain in my offering, I will still bless God's name. So even though, you know, we're in the midst of a, an issue and uh, dealing with uh, trying to forgive somebody, there is still 
you know, hurt in there and that God's not calling you to pretend or put all these false, uh, false masks saying that, you know, everything's just great in my world, even though you're going through a lot. Um, do you know that there are actually, um, three stages to forgiveness? Oh, I like this. Yeah. Number one, suffering. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you're going to suffer things. Things are going to cause hurt and offense in your life. So that's actually the first one. The next one is the, um, the surgery that comes along with it, right? Yeah. It's digging out the sin. It's digging out the offense. It's calling sin, sin. It's calling the fact that you hurt me. Let's talk about that. The fact that you hurt me. So that's actually the second stage of it. And the last one is starting over. Yeah. Right. And I think one of the most powerful things that was said on Sunday morning is uh, something that I'm going to latch onto and use in my life for my own life. And that is, it's not that I'm unable to forgive. It's that I'm unwilling. Yeah. Because this is a conscious decision that we make saying, you've hurt me. Mm-hmm. We've identified it. Right. Mm-hmm. And what has caused this thing. And now we're going to, I'm going to exercise forgiveness towards you and we're yeah. going to start over. We're going to start over. Yeah. So that's, that's important. I think the doormat idea is so common amongst Christians, you know, it's turn the other cheek. Yeah, we're, we're called to do that, but that doesn't mean we have to be abused over and over and over and over again. Right, right? yeah. We can stand yeah. up and say, no, that is wrong, and we're going to change and repent on that, and we're going to change those ways. Yeah, that's a good good point. I mean, that's that's really perfect, to, as you stated it. Yeah, I mean, we can, you know, what does it benefit you to pretend like you're not hurt when somebody does really hurt you? Uh, you never really get to the point of forgiving them because that conversation never happens. Because now you're just kind of living like nothing ever happened, sweeping under the rug, just kind of move on with your life. And that person never really grows as a, as a human kingdom, and you never do because you're never really willing to confront it. Yeah. So there's a lot of issues that are, are going on there. Um, but the other thing, too, is that um, just because you're a Christian and you have a faith in Christ doesn't mean that you're going to be in situations where they it hurts you and you have to work through the process of forgiveness. Um, and you know, you're going to have to make it happen at some point. You're going to have to begin to work in that conversation. It's going to happen. I mean, just because you're uh, a Christian doesn't mean that you're never going to have these issues again. Uh, there will be people even in the church that will, uh, push your buttons in the right way or move things in in the wrong direction for you. And you'll have to, you know, get to a place of forgiving them, but it does not mean that you have to stand there and say, well, that didn't hurt me because I don't think they really, uh, meant that, you know, you, you can never assume in those situations, you have to begin to uh, work through that process just like anyone else. Um, another one is forgiveness is not letting someone off the hook. And I, this is one that is really important to uh, a lot of people, and I think it is, uh, at least to me, is that no matter what you have done, the infraction you've committed, there is always there's always something that has that happens with that. I mean, you know, uh, if you committed a major crime, even though you ask forgiveness from the courts and from the people you've hurt, you still are going to go to jail. Yep. You know, you're still going to have these issues. And even though the blood of Christ washes away the sins of our, you still have the repercussions of what you committed. If, if I slap my, my, my wife or my child across the face and I walk away, that bruise is still going to show up regardless if I ask forgiveness for the stupid thing I just did. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness is not letting someone off the hook, but it is the process of us uh, working through forgiveness to let them, or to work in our own hearts to forgive them to uh, make the situation better. Well, I think that uh, you've kind of identified something so important is that we don't ignore because there's an opportunity for you to grow and for that other person yeah. to grow and for you to grow together. And um, and we're we're seeking as the kingdom uh, believers, we're we are into growth, we're into maturity, and a part of this process takes place best when we have conflict and um, sin 
and then we grow from that. And so yeah. we don't run away from those things or ignore those things or just deny the fact that they've happened. We talk, we talk it through and, um, and we, we work it out and we grow from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be easier. I think like my personality type being an uh, introvert, I don't like to confront all the time. And and if it's an issue of trying to get forgiveness uh, from somebody or me to forgive someone else, uh, I almost just kind of like write it off. Like, you know, I'll just deal with it on my own. And I don't always think that's always a good thing either. You know, I, I think that um, just because that seems like an easy default, that's probably not never really a good way to deal with it. I mean, you should at some point have a conversation with that person. You know, and obviously you're not by yourself, right? I mean, right. no one, very few people like and seek out conflict and confrontation. And um, the, the only ones that I'm aware of are those that have the, uh, you know, the gift of a prophetic gift, a yeah. prophecy gift, right? That they're the umpires in the world. They, they, call, they love it. They, they, you know, that's black, <laughs> that's white, that's a strike, that's yeah. a ball. You know, yeah. they're, they, they go out of their way to make sure that they, but those, you know, the, the percentage of those people in our world is, you know, like less than 10% of the people in the world. Right. So that means 90% of the people are going to try to avoid it. Yeah. But, um, we need those people to help us though, to uh, push us in the right direction and, uh, call sin, sin and deal with sin as it, as it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, another one they bring up here is forgiveness is not making an excuse for someone. Um, you know, a mistake is an, is, is an accidental lap in judgment, but when forgiveness is needed, that involves sin. Uh, you know, sometimes when we have people make mistakes, we realize, well, it just happened by accident. It's not a big deal. We kind of move on from it. But when forgiveness is called to to deal with the situation, a lot of times it involves something deeper. It involves a sin issue. It involves a premeditated uh, thought process that moves us into that. Um, we love to trans. Yeah. We love to use different words. It was a misstep. Yeah, that was a mistake. That was an accident. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Um. You know, those are all sidestepping words for I just sinned against you. Right. Right. And um, we don't like that word. No. We try to avoid it and we we downplay it. The fact is, we should call it what it is. Right. You know, I was a selfish, narcissistic person at <laughs> yeah, that right. moment, and I was just thinking of you, me, and I and I walked all over you. Yeah. I mean, just how great would it be if we started living a life like that? We were so brutally honest with ourselves. Nothing was like we didn't try to filter it through anything. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be so good. I mean, over. I mean, it would be it'd be rough, but I mean, I it'd be good in a sense that people would share really what the problem is and not try to. Uh, fluff it up with all these different great ideas and words and things that we try to use to uh, maybe make it sound not so bad, you know? Yeah. It'd be it'd be a great thing, I think. I'd like to talk, uh, if we could, a little bit about yeah. the 70 times 7. I really, um, this is something that the Lord's laid on my heart a number of years ago, and um, and I think it makes sense for me, and, uh, and it's been helpful. And, and I had a person come up after the service on Sunday and say, hey, can you talk about this a little bit? And so I want to reach out and, and kind of follow through on that. Uh, you know, Jesus says, listen, You're going to forgive uh, someone, the same person, for up to 490 times, uh, and the and the, the number is, you know, not important. The, the the number is just keep doing it, but 490 times a day for the same offense. And um, generally, pe- people don't offend each other that many times in a yeah. day. Okay, but the sure devil <laughs> will like to remind you 490 times a day about what has happened. Yeah. You know, and so forgiveness is a um, act of the will. It's a decision that I make. Okay, I'm going to forgive you, 
And then the devil's going to come back 490 times and remind you of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, you remember, remember Alex? Remember what he said? Remember, yeah. remember that? Remember how he felt? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. And every time, the 490 times, is my saying, nope, I forgave him. Nope, I forgave him. I made that decision. My feelings are not backed up on it yet. Yeah. But I'm making that conscious decision 490 times, whether I see you that number of times a day or the devil brings your situation or your face to my mind, I'm going to continue to forgive mm-hmm. 490 times a day for the same offense if necessary. Yeah. And so you're just kind of pushing it right back in the enemy's face. And you're just saying, listen, I don't care how many times you bring it up. I made this decision. I'm going to remind myself of that decision, yep. and I'm going to forgive you again. I'm going to forgive you again and again and again for that one thing that happened mm-hmm. 490 times. That, to me, there's life in that. Yeah. Seems kind of could be kind of tiring, though, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just think. What happens, yeah. the devil keeps doing it, and he wears you down. Yeah, oh, and yeah. And then you're like, okay, fine. I don't feel it, so I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah, I'm And then we pick it. back up yeah. the sin and put it back in when I already decided to lay that thing down yeah. and yeah. to start over. I mean, his his schemes are right there. He's trying to just wear you one out. one little step back and look at it and say, look, mm-hmm. there's the enemy right there trying to embed that back in my life. Yeah, I like that. So that, that to me, is a real game changer. So the the person just wanted to know about what the scripture was saying about that. Which, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they were just kind of, you know, like, "Hey, so what what do I do when the devil reminds me?" That was one of their questions. Mm-hmm. And the other one that um I'd like to talk about and this was uh taught to me by some friends and um it's and I call it forgive first. Yeah. Okay? So let's go back to our scenario. You do something, okay? It it hurts me. It's it, you violated me in some way. Um, before I go to you and confront, mm-hmm. which we're encouraging you to do, right? right? Yeah. Take that mature step to go and sit down. Alex, you said this about me, and it offended me, and it right. hurt me. Okay, before I do that, I forgive you before I show up. Mm. I make that conscious decision. I'm going to be like, Lord Jesus, I forgive Alex. Okay, he's a he's a human. He's going to make mistakes. I forgive him right now because you have forgiven me, just as you have forgiven me. Right. Then I go sit down with you and say, Alex, okay, you backed into my car. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you smashed it all up, okay? I forgive you for that. Right. Okay? Many people go to you and say, you backed into my car and you smashed it all up. And if you don't say sorry and you don't start crying, mm-hmm. then they don't forgive. Right, yeah, yeah. Their forgiveness is based on your reaction. Yeah. No, that's not how we've been in the car. I'm going to forgive you before we show up. So even if you don't react, even, even if you don't break down and cry, mm-hmm. even if you reverse the conversation and say, well, you shouldn't have parked there. Right. Yeah. So it was actually my fault. Okay. Even if you do that, I've already forgiven you, no matter how you respond. Right. Yeah. Now that that will set you free. That will keep you from stumbling into a bunch of snares. Right. Yeah. Forgive first before you even have the conversation. That's that's a life giver. Yeah. And and then how many people do not do that? You know, <laughs> nobody even goes to confront. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, um, I know that uh, you know sometimes when I've gotten when we were younger, getting into fights with my my spouse. And we would have, you know, the time where, like, you know, are you really sorry? Yep. Are you really sorry for yep. what you did? I got to have some yeah. tears. Yeah. I want to see something. You yeah. Know, I want to, you know, and. <laughs> you better be like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, be you better heaving. Do you better be heaving in it your sorrow. It better be serious, you yeah. know, wailing going. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, and uh, it just, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, as you, you read about these different things about forgiveness and it just came to mind when you were talking. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that is what we look for. We look for that response. We look for that, that issue. Um, and it almost seems counter, uh, counterintuitive when somebody doesn't respond that way. Like if you walk up to them and say, I forgive you, you know, 
and you're like, wait a minute, I don't have to do anything. You know, like I don't have to act a certain way to get the forgiveness. But it, to me, it almost seems empowering in a sense because the person that needs the forgiveness is kind of like, really? I What else do I need to do? It's almost sort of a mirrored example of grace and action, you know? Like God forgives us, brings grace into our life, and we don't. I don't get a chance to, to do anything in response. God just says, make, you know, just believe that I'm doing it. I, I did forgive you. Yeah. I think one of the things that we, um, I encourage people as well when, when, um, when I sin against you and um, you come to me and say, hey, you, you said this and you, you violated me in this way, and um, I ask forgiveness, I repent of it, I'm going to still try to make restitution. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, so I backed into your car. Right. Okay, how can I fix that? How can I make that right? Okay, I'm going to go above and beyond. That's also a very important thing that right. sometimes gets kind of lost in our culture and our society. It's like, well, you, you've got insurance. Right, you yeah. just turn it in, right? No, what can I do to make things right? I, the, the Old Testament teaches all kinds of principles about making restitution. How do, how do I pay back right. what I violated when I stole from you? And, um, and of course, you know, we don't want to go to court and, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm going to sue you for $12 million for grievances. Now I'm afraid to drive my car because you backed into it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. We're, we're, you know, let's be reasonable on the restitution, but we should own what we've done. Yeah. Well, that's the that's really the the key part of the idea of repentance. Repentance is making restitution. Yeah. Uh, restitution either through uh, heart condition, emotions, mind. Uh, it could be physical, but yeah, the idea of repentance has always been about some sort of restitution, and uh, it's not that you're earning your forgiveness. You know, when it comes to Jesus, but uh, the reality is is that when the effect of our sin in the midst of our forgiveness requires us still to make things right, to, to, to make it better. I yeah. want to bring healing to you. Yeah. I, I hurt you. I, I, I took this from you, whatever it would be, peace of mind or yeah. whatever it might be. I need to, I need to help heal you. Right. Yeah. And I'm responsible for that. And how can I do that? What would make this right? And asking that person to be able to say, well, this would, this would help. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm going to go out of my way to try to make things right. That That's really important. Yeah. And it, it, you know, no matter what it is, I mean, uh, now some people, you know, I know in the AA programs, there's, uh, they get to that point of restitution, and um, sometimes it's difficult to, to almost impossible to make it happen. But uh, if the person's dead, you can't yeah, really you do can't, too much, right? I mean, there are it. there are limitations, right? But you always do the best you can with the power you have to to redeem and to restore, yeah, and to bring healing to that person. Do whatever you can, and. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the results of our sinful actions, even when we finally get forgiveness, may require more than just a, a simple act. It may require us to spend a lifetime, you know, dealing with something. Like if you ruin somebody's car and you can't pay off that bill, like in one payment, you might have to pay for a while. Um, that's still part of the forgiveness and repentance and all those things, that process that involves. So, I mean, um, you know, that's that's an important thing to, to think about, too, is that uh, just because somebody forgives you and, and they're not really holding your feet to the fire on this, uh, just out of pure conviction and conscience, you should be dealing with that thing. I had a friend one yeah. time who uh, their business went uh, south. They had to call uh, file bankruptcy, mm-hmm. you know, which basically you get forgiven from a large portion of your debts. Yeah. Well, you know, they borrowed money from someone and their bankruptcy said, sorry, you're not going to get your money back to that other person. Even though they filed bankruptcy, they spent the next 10 years making payments to that person 
that they owed money to. Yeah. And they paid back their debt 100%, even though they had been given bank bankruptcy. Right. They followed through. That, I, I just awesome. thought that was super honorable. Yeah. Guess what their business did from that point? Mm. Flourished. Really? It flourished because they took responsibility and they followed through to the best of their ability. That's awesome that when you see people do that, you know, you that's to me is, is true repentance. You know, um, Paul talks about, you know, the repentance that the world gives is, is repentance or they show tear and emotion, but true repentance is turning away from the previous action and going in the other direction. Yeah. And I think that is exactly what you want to see in an idea of forgiveness. I mean, um, who cares if the person's bawling their eyes out, you know, in front of you because they're got caught. Basically a lot of times that's because <laughs> they got caught. Right. Yeah. Um, but you, you want uh, somebody that's going to change your life. And I think for you as a person that, that gave forgiveness, that's rewarding to you because you see somebody that previously made a dumb, dumb error in judgment. And now they're making a, a decision to go the right way. It, it becomes something that's fulfilling for you. You're like, yeah, this is a life that's getting changed. This is a life moving in the right direction. And um, I think that's, to me, that's just uh, such a neat way of, of of dealing with life in general with all these different things. I mean, uh, the world wants to see people, you know, pay big time for their mistakes, mm -hmm. right? They want to see people crushed and destroyed. And all the things that God teaches us in the Christian journey is to find ways to, to begin to restore life, to bring life back to that situation, and um, that's really what you can, that's how you can tell the difference. You know, if you're, if you're in the, the frame of mind where you want to destroy that person and just obliterate their life, then you're probably thinking in the flesh. But if you're oh, looking at absolutely. the other way that I want to bring this person back to life, you know, I, I would want to hear for, I want to be able to forgive them and I want them to, to make it right, but I'm not here to, to destroy their life. And you're probably moving in the other direction, you yeah. know? You know, we, we have been called to let God be the one to get revenge. We're not called to do right. that. Let him do it. He knows how to do it perfectly. He does it in the perfect time and the perfect way. Um, that That is so important. I had a person come up to me also and kind of ask this question and wanted me to talk about it here mm -hmm. on the podcast. And they were like, what happens if I've done something and I've asked forgiveness, but the other person won't give it to me? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what happens in that situation? They won't give me the forgiveness I've, I've, I've sought out. Um, I believe scripture kind of teaches us that it's important for us to go there, apologize, mm -hmm. make restitution, do what you can to pay back the hurt and the violation in some way. But if they won't give it to you, you're free and clear. You followed the scripture. Right. Now, if they're just going to hold a grudge against you, then that's on them. Right. right. Um, but you have done and you have followed through. And once you do and follow through and you've tried to make things right, then you're free and clear with God. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to keep walking around in, in, you know, in, in shame because of that. You've been set free from those things. And uh, that was a person who came up and shared that with me. And, and I know that's happened to all of us, mm -hmm. right? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I blew it. I, I, can I make this right? And they're like, no, you're never going to be able to make it right. I'm always going to hold this against you. I'm sorry, man. You just imprisoned yourself. I'm set free. Mm -hmm. I did the right thing. So. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, in those situations, depending on the situation, it's, uh, sometimes the person that can't forgive that may become a, a ministry on your part to them yes, to help them move away from uh, maybe the bitterness or whatever it is that is from that situation. And God may use you as a tool to begin to help them soften and begin to move in the right direction themselves. Because if they're not willing to forgive you, a lot of times um, it depends on the situation, but a lot of times, you know, the pain could have been really, really deep, really bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I'm thinking about situations of abuse and those kind of things. Um, it's, you know, it's not easy to forgive, but 
if you're the person that's trying to seek the forgiveness and work in that direction, you know, you might have a lifelong ministry of trying to um, build reconciliation again, and not maybe between you two, but between you and between them and God in some way by helping them uh, move their heart in the right direction. Because a lot of times it's a, a heart that's moving into bitterness that's not going to give forgiveness. You know. Yeah. So um, I think you've you've beautifully illustrated the fact that we do have some things that we can do after the violation and after we've tried to make things right, or or if someone has sinned against us and maybe they're not uh, even seeking forgiveness, what are we supposed to do in those situations? Well, I believe the first and most powerful thing that we can do is um, actually pray for, pray for them. Yeah. That is so powerful. It is hard, difficult to be um, enraged, bitter, angry towards a person while you're praying for them. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a spiritual there's a spiritual oil and water situation here. You can't have both, right? So you're going to have to pick one or the other. So you start praying for them. And you just pray God's blessings on them. That's a tremendous thing that you can do. That starts to heal you on the inside and hopefully um by the power of prayer that starts to soften mm-hmm. them, but you're responsible for your part, yeah. right? And so you start praying for them. And then the next step or the next uh greatest thing that you can do is start to bless them. Okay? Can yeah. you find them a way? Find a way to bless them with no strings attached. And I would encourage you to do it in a way that I don't even know who's blessing. Yeah. You don't, you, you know, yeah. you don't, hey, this is from Pastor Gary to Alex. Yeah, right. Okay, you don't even have to do that. Just hide it, sneak it over there, do whatever it takes, but start blessing them. That will change you from the inside out. Yeah. And those are two super powerful things. I like Pray those. for them That's and good. then start blessing them. Yeah, that, that changes you a lot. Yeah, it does. Start blessing somebody. And then, of course, when you start getting all kinds of blessings, hidden blessings from people, then that should be an indicator that you've hurt some people and they're yeah, trying to bless right. you back, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, look at how I got a whole presence. I got a whole bunch of presents here from Anonymous. From, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what I did. Anonymous, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, that that is a really good piece of information. I mean, that's a really great advice. I mean, to do that um, does change the way uh, you deal with a person that you're having issues with. Uh, start blessing them, and, and you know, it, it, it's catchy that way. Let me ask you this. So um, I brought up that story on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. one that um, not everybody knows. Um, so this this guy uh, calls Jesus out from the back of the crowd, Yeah, and he's like, Jesus, hey, make my brother— Split the inheritance, okay? Yeah. And the response of Jesus, I mean, if there's anyone you'd want on your side to work out a problem, it would be Jesus, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, but but Jesus' response was, why are you going to involve me in this? Why getting me to be a part of your judge? Right, yeah. Which is a really weird thing because the Scripture just goes right on. It just moves right on. Yeah. It doesn't elaborate too much on that. It's just a couple of a couple of verses in its own little paragraph. Your thoughts on that? I I elaborated, of course, on Sunday morning. It was, you know, it's kind of funny to to hear Jesus because it seems like he's a little annoyed with the question and like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, what are you asking me a question for like that? Um, yeah, I mean, even though Jesus obviously is the ultimate judge, will be the judge uh, at some point. Um, you know, th- those kind of things uh, are. I think I don't know how you feel about it, but. Uh, some of those kind of things seem like really immature issues for the kingdom that need to be dealt with uh, between the people. I mean, even Paul says, why are you taking church issues to the courts when you should be dealing with it within the church? Um, you know, I think we become pretty petty in our situation, which leads us into this idea of accepting forgiveness and giving forgiveness and all this other stuff. Uh, because I think we get offended over things that we don't need to be offended over if we just sit down and talk 
and work it through. And I think in that situation, Jesus is like, this is ridiculous. You know, why am I going to have to, why do I have to judge you? Your brothers work it out. You know what the family needs and doesn't need. Um, it just seems like a very petty, petty ask in a way. And I think it proves that, you know, a lot of us do the same thing. I mean, we want to, we want to involve Jesus in things that Jesus is like, I've given, I've given you an amazing mind, an amazing ability to comprehend, deal with it, you know? Right. And, and tons of scripture to help. And tons I of scripture get, to deal with it. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, um, so we, um, I preached in the first service and then uh, the start of the second service, we got the worship going on. And while I'm worshiping, I got this download of the scene that mm-hmm. I'm going to be preaching on from Luke chapter 12. I got that download yeah. while, while we we're doing worship. And then I, I just couldn't wait to get to that point when yeah. it finally came. Um, the guy's yelling from the back of the crowd, and now they're probably most everybody in the crowd knows who this guy is. Yeah, and they know who his brother is. Right, and so he's like, "Jesus, you know my brother Tom. Yeah, you know Tom. You guys all know Tom, right? Yeah, make him make him do the right thing. He's not doing the right thing. And this guy is asking everyone to pick up his offense and be on his side. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that was a download from Holy Spirit right at that moment that Jesus is saying, "Listen." Don't throw your problems out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Go work it out. Yeah. Okay. Because you're going to get everybody upset at Tom when right. maybe maybe Tom's right, maybe Tom's wrong. It doesn't matter. Don't pick up other people's offenses because we all get offended for everyone else. Right. You know, and it's just a network of problems. Okay. Go sit yeah. down, work it out, and try not to involve everybody else in your stuff. A lot of drama, right? I mean, drama. that's drama. That's it's what it causes, drama. doesn't it? It does. I mean, if you get everybody involved in a situation that they don't need to be involved with, it becomes the, the amazing Bible drama. teaches us that we fight for unity. Right, yeah. We fight for unity. Don't let the enemy come in with sin of disunity. we got to fight for it, which means we have to be mature, take mm-hmm. the appropriate steps, and, um, and, and follow through and do the right things that we've been called to. Um, because the, let me tell you, there's, uh, Jesus put all of his eggs in the church basket. Yeah. All the eggs are in our basket, and if we don't get it right, and if we're not forgiving, and I right. and I spoke very sternly to our people, if we stop forgiving people and we start picking up other people's offenses, we're doing the work of the enemy. Right. Right, and we should stop. We should stop even being church if that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because the church is the hope of the world, and we're the hope of the world is they're going to see us work it out as brothers, and that will give them hope that they can work it out as too. So, so incredibly important for us to fight for unity, make sure that we're dealing with mm-hmm. sin, that we and and forgiveness and give the forgiveness that's needed, and you know we we've not done a great job. I mean, obviously, as a church, not in our church, not just our church only, but the church globally. Capital C, we call it yeah, capital C. Capital C church. Uh, we've not done a good job. I mean, obviously, around the world. I mean, we are not known, you know, for those kind of things. I mean, we're known for being prejudiced and we're judging. known for being the yeah. guy in the back of the crowd saying, "Hey, yeah, make this happen." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. We got a lot of work to do. <clears throat> we need to get involved with uh, helping people understand forgiveness more, and um, making sure that we spread the the idea of grace and forgiveness to other people. Now, if you're ha- if you're having a little trouble in this particular area of life, we have a ministry called Free Life, and this is a it's a yeah. major component to helping people get set free from wounds and injuries that have happened in their lives, and um and and to take the appropriate steps to be able to find that, and to know that you're loved and forgiven, just like we started off with, and um. So, hey, do you ever remember that band we used to like back when we were young men, uh, Audio Drellin? Yeah. You know, yeah. they have this song called Ocean Floor. Yeah. It's literally one of my favorite songs. Um, 
And I know we have a little uh, sound blip of that. And then we're going to go to a little break. So you can, can you play play a song for us? Yeah, let me hear it. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not what I'm... <laughs> oh, here it is. Yeah, I like that one. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a song all about forgiveness. Yeah. Your sins are thrown to the ocean floor. I like that one. Yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's head into uh, some news you have that we need to get out there. Uh, yeah. Some things that are happening in the church that are important. Um, if you have any more questions, though, about forgiveness, uh, you can email us at uh, more at gmail.com, and uh, we'll... Take your questions, and we'll get back to you with more information. Yeah, it's more podcast. Oh, it's more podcast at gmail.com. Sorry. There we go. No problem. So um, we do have an event coming up this Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. We have the uh, worship night here at Harbor Light, and uh, we're super stoked about uh, having that intimate time with God, worshiping um, those that love to go um, more than just four songs on a Sunday morning, want to just get after it, with, <laughs> then uh, this is your call out. You need to be there. There's going to be lots of time of prayer. Um, intercession, and it's going to be a great, great night. So come on out to Harbor Light, be a part, 7 o'clock, um, May 20th, this, this coming Saturday. And then we actually have a guest speaker coming to Harbor Light pretty soon I want to talk about. Oh, and his name that? is Bruce Malone, and uh, he's coming on June 5th. He will be speaking on our graduation Sunday, and he's actually going to be sharing about the power of creation and undoing the lie of evolution, which I believe is one of the greatest lies, mm-hmm. and it is uh, destroying um, our world and our country. So uh, Bruce uh, is a uh, research leader for uh, Dow Chemical. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, he got saved. Uh, he was an atheist before that, got saved uh, with a life-changing experience, and he will be coming in and sharing. Um, now, he has spoken in 12 different countries to 50,000 different people. That's amazing. And yeah, so he, he has lots of books and resources and lectures, and uh, so we're looking forward to forward to uh, Bruce Malone coming and sharing on a Sunday morning. So you want to come out on uh, June fifth? It's going to be a great, great time. And uh, so I think we're about ready to uh, kind of wrap it. it up for today. This I can hear it. a bunch of young people outside the studio trying to get in the studio, trying to get in, get on the show. And so we're going to try something here together, um, kind of a new sign off for us. And uh, so um, you've given it one preview right there. You ready to go? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're supposed to, do, supposed to do this together, right? We're going to do yeah. this in okay. unison. Ready? Yeah. More, more Jesus, Jesus, more freedom, and more power. power.